0: As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy.
1: Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood.
2: All right, you ready, babe?
1: Yep, let's do it, mama.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. Today we have a blend of sorts of an interview slash details of birth stories and we're chatting with Miranda Bauer. Miranda is a postpartum wellness practitioner and she is a mama of three living in Alaska with her husband Nathan and their children Julian, Gabriella, and Jocelyn. And get this, Baby number four is on the way, and we were actually one of the first people to find out because Miranda had found out the day before she spoke to us that she's pregnant, and she's had three home births, one of which unassisted and planning for a fourth, and get this, an OB introduced Miranda to the concept of home birth, so that's super cool. We go into a little bit of that, and just some of the things that we talk about, um, first of all, having a conversation with your cervix, interesting. Mourning your past life before you become a mother. Very, very interesting experience. Advice for postpartum depression as well as finding your support system because Miranda as a postpartum wellness practitioner is one of the very few individuals that do this in the entire world. So this conversation is an important one to have and share Also, quick note, there is a little bit of fuzziness in the audio at one point or another. We're totally aware of it. Such is the imperfection of technology, but we are super grateful for it nonetheless because we are in Atlanta and we got to talk to Miranda in Alaska and bring you this conversation. So just a note on the audio, a little bit here and there, but it by no means takes away from the integrity or awesomeness of this conversation, which I know you will love. So here it is. Hi, Miranda.
3: Hey, thank you so much for having me.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for carving out some time out of your day to hang out with us on the Doing It At Home podcast.
3: Yeah, I'm super excited to be here and have so much to share with you. Yes, yes, yes.
2: And just for you listening right now, if you know, you may not know this. We are in Atlanta, Georgia, and Miranda right now is in Alaska. And with that time difference, that means we're talking to Miranda right now at 6 a.m. So just want to throw that out there that this energy she's bringing right now and everything she's going to share with us is all happening at 6 a.m. And I was asleep personally at 6 a.m. my time this morning. So I'm just letting you all know that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So why don't you kick us off with just sharing a little bit about yourself and your family?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Miranda Bauer. I'm a postpartum wellness practitioner, um, and I started my home birth journey um, eight years ago. My son is—he'll oh, be nine in December—and um, I was actually introduced to the whole home birth idea through an OB, which is crazy. Um, but he was—he was a really good friend of mine, and I didn't realize um that he was a ob who practiced at a hospital birth. Wow. And so when wow. I got yeah, absolutely crazy and I um when I got pregnant, uh he asked me if I ever thought of having a home birth and I was like, "What?" Uh aren't you an ob? Like what what, what do you mean a home birth? <laughs> I was um really um unsure of of everything that he was presenting to me and I thought, "You know what? I better look into it. He's got seven kids and um, obviously knows what he 's talking about he's a professional um, and so I started researching and oh my gosh, did I research and research? I was a, bi- a biology student at the time, and so um, it was right up my alley anyway, and I wanted to know everything that I could possibly know about the birth uh, experience and and how that would all happen and in my research, um, I started becoming a lot more comfortable with the idea of having a home birth um, and so that's exactly what I did. I um, set up myself so I could have that home birth. And I, you know, I had all of the knowledge. I was so certain um, that this was going to go well. And it did. And it was a beautiful, beautiful birth experience. And um, uh, I absolutely loved it. But what happened afterwards is that I I planned so much for the birth experience that I completely forgot about postpartum. And so I was really inspired after the, my, my first birth to really dive into the postpartum period. I experienced postpartum depression. I had issues, breastfeeding, everything that could go wrong went wrong. I lost my partner at the time. I um, lost my job uh, for good. Um, And I ended up having to move back home with my parents. Like my depression, um, really took over who I was Um, and I wasn't bonding with my son and it was, it was awful. And I refused to tell anybody about it. It was a big dark secret um, mainly because I didn't want um, drugs and I was really ashamed of where I was. And so it took me a good two years to dig myself out of that hole um, alone and it was quite the journey. And through that, I became really, really passionate about the whole fourth trimester and started working with moms in that capacity. And I, I started hosting um, women's retreats and postpartum retreats. And um, I started speaking at universities and wrote a book uh, on the subject and my journey through um this period and and my research in that and unfortunately there just isn't isn't a lot compared to um the birth experience um and then I went on to have um I met my partner and we had uh two more kids and now expecting our third um but all of them have been beautiful home birth experiences
2: so wow um that's a lot that you just shared but it's uh, so, okay. First thing that I'll just say is congratulations. That's amazing because you just found out what yesterday that you're pregnant. I did. Yes, <laughs> so I did. So I feel super privileged and honored to be a part of this conversation with you right now because you're still in like the energy of all that. It's just swirling. So that's amazing. Um, but the first of all, I think it's really cool that an OB introduced you to the concept of home birth it was what you commented on. Like what? Like, isn't that what you're Don't you like sign somewhere that you'll never talk about home birth or something like that?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Like, what what was that first conversation like? You know, can you share a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, I I remember um, sharing with him that I was expecting a baby and I asked for advice, Um, and it was general advice, like, you know, what do you recommend? Like, I just found out I'm pregnant. What do you think I should be doing here? Um, And his first thought, his first words were, have you considered home birth? Like it was straight out of the gate. Um, And he said that it's not for everyone and that he recommends that it's something that I look into more and that I get comfortable with. And that whatever I choose to do, whether it would be in hospital or out of hospital, um, in a birth center or at home, that he wanted me to know that I had the choice um, and that whatever I choose, I should be comfortable with that decision.
0: And it was, very,
3: yeah, it was very interesting how he presented it. And he's very uh, soft hearted, um, really warm, loving kind of guy. Again, he has seven kids of his own. Um, and just, you know, he's, he's like, you know, the chill, cool, McCool kind of guy. <laughs> um, and I really valued his opinion. And so when he told me that, I was really shocked and surprised because i knew him as an ob and um of course he he is an ob but it really changed my perspective like um it changed how i i thought about the entire birthing process and that one little seed that he planted
1: Oof. I, I, that's, that's pretty amazing
3: yeah yeah it was it was pretty powerful and i remember just sitting there thinking with that information, like, Oh my gosh, like my, my options have just greatly expanded
2: mm-hmm. uh, for
3: one. Um, and I need to think about this and bigger. Cause it's not just about, you know, out pops a baby. There's a lot more to this. And at the time I didn't know what that meant. Um, now, th- now I do, mm-hmm. but I just, I just knew there was something bigger
2: yeah. And, you know, um, I feel okay. like I haven't heard a whole lot of OBs attending home births. Like, I know it happens, but to hear of a specific example of one mm-hmm. um, is it's just really cool that they are out there. Um, so then for your home births, did you work with him? Did you work with midwives? You know, what, what was your birth team and support like and care like throughout your pregnancies?
3: So he actually lived in Chicago and I'm oh, in Alaska. Okay. Wow. So I I um, was doing some business stuff in Chicago for some time. I was most of my pregnancy was in Chicago and I actually came back to Alaska to give birth to my son, which I um, which was the best decision of my life. It was incredibly difficult to find um, the care that I wanted in the Chicago area. It seemed um, at the time that it was um, home birth was kind of taboo it was like this secret thing um they even had like this secret moms club of home birthers um and it just it felt really weird to me um and so i and, and i didn't want it to be that way in any way so i moved back to alaska and i found a home birth midwife um and i absolutely loved her care and it was beautiful and amazing and she was with me i remember the first time that i had met her and i had um, met with OBs, and I've had met with midwives prior to, and uh, interestingly, I had like five different OBs in my first pregnancy, um, all because of something wasn't right. You know, that one seed was planted by the OB that I had, and I knew that there was something more, and every single time that I I found an OB that I thought I would like, you know, something would come up. Um, I had a Male OB walk in on me during an ultrasound as I was undressing, and he's like, "Whatever, it's, you know, I've never, you know, I've always seen that before, so it's it's all good." And I felt really disrespected, wow. and I was like, "You know what? This isn't right. I I need to feel respected, um, especially when the birth comes." And so I moved on mm-hmm. to the next, and I had I remember asking her um, what her opinion was on natural birth, and she was like, "It's disgusting." And I was like, "Um, mm, obviously you're not it." And so I kept moving and I kept shifting. And when I finally came up to Alaska and I remember sitting down with um, my midwife and just sharing her with her, my, my experience uh, through pregnancy and trying to find a provider. And I walked out feeling like I was just in a therapy session and she just listened to everything that I had to say. It was almost a two hour long appointment. And she was with me the entire time. It was just me and her. And I felt validated and um, as if my, my wishes for the birth was going to be catered to and followed through with. Um, and, and that felt absolutely amazing. So the birth experience, um, my parents were there um, and my partner at the time and then my midwife and later the assistant midwife. Um, and it was a seventeen hour long birth. so it was really long. It was really challenging in that um, uh, what I didn't realize at the time was that uh and I realized later on was that um, my family being there was kind of a hindrance to me. Um, I didn't feel as comfortable as I wanted to or should have felt um because they were there. It, it almost becomes like an a, a performance. Um, and so, uh, I, I gave birth and it was beautiful and, um, went on for postpartum. But by my second one, um, I I realized that I like, this is kind of crazy, but sometimes I like to birth alone for quite some time, um, which took me a couple of kids to figure out. (laughs) Um, so when my, my labor began with my second, it was only my son who was home and my husband who at the time, like, hated cell phones, like refused. And he was in a class taking an exam. Um, and my labor started and it was really intense. My water broke immediately. I was really in labor. And so he got home an hour into it and I had already developed a rhythm um, that felt really good to me. Uh, and I, I couldn't have anybody in my space. And so he called the midwife Um, to let her know that I was in labor and I was mad (laughs) that he called the midwife. I was like, you know, my last labor was 17 hours. And so I'm like an hour in and I I didn't know how far along I I had been laboring. Um, But I knew it was going to take me so much longer. Like, why are you wasting her time? (laughs) Um, And then 30 minutes later, I give birth. The midwife completely missed it. So it was, you know, an unassisted birth. Um, I gave birth to her on the hospital or on the on the um, uh, bath mat and (laughs) uh, on my bathroom floor. And that was probably one of the most empowering moments of my life. Um, Just having her move through me and um, watching her head rotate in my pelvis and uh, her whole body just coming out. Um, was absolutely wonderful, and the midwife arrives about fifteen minutes later. Um, but all of it was just so empowering. Like, yes, I did that. I pulled my kid out. My mm-hmm. husband was right there, and he—that's—that was his first birth experience. And he was like, "Oh my gosh, like, woman, you are amazing!" You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just to for him to experience that, and it was kind of interesting because. Um he was like okay you want a home birth like i'm not so sure you know but i'm going to respect you and and your wishes and you've done this before and i'm just going to follow your lead um, and then after that, he was like, you know, every time somebody, you know, says that they're having a baby or whatever, he's like, "You're gonna have a home birth? You're gonna have a home birth?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is really cool. Yeah, um,
2: I love that when like the husbands become these new advocates now for home birth, and they're out there yeah. having these conversations. Like, I've definitely seen Matthew at a barbecue or something explaining aspects of home birth, you know, to a yeah. to an audience who may not have otherwise have ever had that conversation in their life. And I'm like, you go, Bivens. <laughs>
3: It's absolutely wonderful i I loved it and mm-hmm. and my second was uh and so my first labor was an hour and a half long and so uh or my my second labor was an hour and a half long and so after that experience and when I got pregnant with my third, we were really concerned with how fast this is gonna go. Um, if I went from seventeen hours to an hour and a half, you know where is this? <laughs> uh, am I going to give birth in like five minutes? Because um, that would be cool, in my my opinion. It doesn't work for everybody. Um, but I would be happy with that. Uh, and, and so I kind of, I brought uh, my expectations with me into my third labor. And I really did want this, you know, idea of my baby kind of just falling out of me. And I didn't want anybody to be with me. Um, I, so we called our midwife right away, but it took me a long time to, to labor with her. Um, and so I kind of hid out in another space, um, and labored, uh, because I, I had this idea that for me to have this wonderful birth as I did my last, which was, um, you know, an incredibly empowering, um, a story that I was going to do that again and this is how it had to be done.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For 130 more, you'll be a swole member and for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness
3: for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details. And so, um, but there was there was a point about forty five minutes into my labor where I felt like I needed her, um, and I couldn't communicate that. I wasn't in a space. I was very much laboring, intensely laboring, um, and my midwife recognized that I needed her in that moment, and. Um, she came to me and she was like, what do you you need? Do you want me to check you? And usually I'm fairly hands off and don't want anybody. But in that moment I said, yes. And she checked me and I'm, you know, here I am laboring as if I'm in um, transition and my cervix was way back and only three centimeters dilated. And she was like, it's really soft, but it's back there. Can you think about, you know, what's going on back there? Talk to your cervix, which is such a funny thing to say when somebody's in labor, <laughs> your midwife says, talk to your cervix. And so I really focused my energy and everything that I had on my cervix. And she asked my permission if she could stay there and help, um, help my cervix. And I said, yes. And she, um, my, within two to three contractions, my cervix had moved forward, um, and was, uh, complete uh and dilation in no, just that short amount no. of time and um about two to three pushes later i had my baby out um so not as fast um definitely not something that i had done alone i needed my midwife at that time um and it was about two and a half hour labor this time but the wonderful thing about that is i learned that Every single experience is radically different, um, although all beautiful at the same time. Um, so my, my first birth was very empowering in that, you know, I felt like I could do anything. Um, my second birth was a reminder, one that I very much needed after the difficulties that I had with my first, that I am a very empowered woman and I can do it myself. And the third birth was a reminder that, yes, I am powerful, but it's okay to ask for help uh, and that stuck with me and so i'm 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 really excited to actually learn how this fourth one is gonna go and what lessons are gonna be a part of that.
2: yeah, like the ah. lessons that you get and these messages that your births and your babies you know are are giving to you, and that you get to you know on an Experiential level, you know, physically, but then also mentally, emotionally as well. Um, take from them, and I feel like you keep getting new things from your births as time goes on outside of the birth experience. You know, we're about to celebrate Maya's second birthday this week, and you know, I'm thinking back and and remembering aspects or learning new things about my birth, and it was two years ago. So it's you know, it's it's
3: the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's not just the birth of a baby. It's a birth of a mother too. Yeah, And we have yeah. this whole transition that we have to go through. And, you know, because we we've lived before. So it's kind of like the death of our old selves and and the birth of a new and some some women have to mourn that past life, uh, which is where I see a lot of, uh, you know, as a postpartum uh, wellness practitioner, I see so many hiccups Um, because we, you know, two years or five years or 10 years down the line, we always hear, I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really that, that time, that initial bonding period and that initial six weeks that we become a new mother, that we haven't allowed ourselves to go fully into that. And sometimes that's because we had a difficult birth experience or some trauma, or we, um, um, have difficulties in breastfeeding. When breastfeeding doesn't go well, nothing goes well, right? And so we have all of these layered things on top of us that we have to deal with before we can explore who we are on a fundamental level, this new person, this raw person. Um, and we get stuck in that and then it gets buried away. Uh, and five years later, ten years later, we're like, oh my gosh i don't I don't know who I am as this person anymore.' Um, And then we have to dig all that out again.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about that some more because that's fascinating. And I'm sure so many are exploring that for themselves at whatever stage they are of motherhood. Or even, you know, we have a nice number of non-moms who listen to this show and are a part of this community, which I love because I feel like more and more women are starting to have these conversations and think about that preparation beforehand. And, you know, birth and being a mother isn't something that's just reserved for, you know, when you're stepping up to the plate, you know, when you're looking at the stick you just peed on, like it doesn't start there. It's, you can have these conversations and to kind of normalize that because I don't know if it's a woman thing or whatever, if you start thinking about birth and babies before that's a very imminent experience in your life that you are, whatever you're doing, whatever we say that society puts on that, you know, that you, Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, but anyway, that, and I'm sure that's what you're working on in in your work and and the women that you connect with. um do you feel like some of that difficulty mourning the past life, do you think some of that comes from its cultural and societal expectations that don't really set us up well, you know, that have us believing that we can be the same person and that we can have the same lifestyle and have the same things?
3: Oh, my gosh. it's It's crazy how much society plays a a role in that. I mean, we always hear get your body back like our body's not good enough at postpartum, right? Like do everything you can to work out and get rid of that baby gut and the baby fat, right? We hear about that all the time. That's a huge market. Um, we, we know about oh, our babies are supposed to sleep at night. We know that because it's a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry and everybody's got some sort of opinion on babies needing to sleep. Um, and, and nobody is out there talking about the biological necessity of baby waking during the night. Like when we understand the fundamental aspects of of our baby and our body in postpartum, we, we know that all of those things aren't true. I mean, there's so many myths to postpartum that we, you know, don't quite understand as a society. We tell women all the time, just get out, you'll feel better. Um, And that's so far from the truth. Like you just grew a human being with your body for 10 months and then you gave birth to it. And now you're sustaining its life by by breastfeeding and through your body. And you're expecting to get out of the house in two weeks. Like there's no way Um, that's not the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to take that opportunity to heal and rest and recover from all of that. And that takes quite some time. And I find um, in, in all of my work and all of my studies that our society really has no idea how to help women heal. And, you know, we, we know the, the statistic that, you know, over 30% of women experience postpartum depression and anxiety. And, and really that number is only of the people who admit to having such things. I was not that person. And there are so many other women out there. And so I, I think that that number is um, significantly higher. And, and a lot of that comes from the lack of knowledge of how a postpartum body needs to heal and needs to recover. And also a lack of understanding and how a newborn is incorporated into that, into our, our lives and into um, uh, ourselves as a mother there's a huge gap of understanding. I mean, we even tell women, you know, uh, postpartum eat smoothies and, and drink uh, uh, or eat salads and, and drink smoothies. And that is so far from the truth. Um, that will actually hurt your guts more than help your gut. Um, and so if we look at just that aspect alone, it shows us how much or how little we know about postpartum as a society.
1: Things, uh, I, have a, I have a question, but I'm going to start it by saying that. Man, just thinking about the the expectations that are, are placed on women is such bullshit. It's such it's so ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything that you listed off, I'm like, you know, I, I think back to before we got pregnant, I was of the thinking of the people you described because mm-hmm. you don't really hear about anything else. So... You know, and, and I was very, um, unaware of, of what those expectations were and, and, and how ridiculous they are. You know, let's get back on your feet after a couple of weeks after, you know, growing a human and giving birth and sustaining that human. So my emotions aside, I'm very, I'm very curious. Where can people go to, to get honest, healthy, loving information? Because, I imagine some of the people who are telling them to eat salads and drink smoothies and to get outside in the fresh air and go for a walk. I imagine some of that advice is coming from professionals and yeah. when it is, it's hard to, you know, you just, you just take it. You just assume that the doctor telling you these things or, or, you know, or, or whoever it is um, knows their stuff. But if it's not resonating with you, you know, if their advice is not resonating with you, then I imagine so many women are just left feeling confused. So, you know, where, where can we, where can, can, can people go just to get some honest information that they can trust?
3: Absolutely. And this is, this is something that I have been working on for quite some time in terms of educating others, especially professionals um, and looking into that realm. And in terms of what I do, um, there's not very many people out there. I'm, I'm one of the only, um, postpartum wellness practitioners in the world. Um, and I, and I work worldwide. Um, I have clients in Spain and Africa and, uh, United Kingdom, um, all, all places around the world. And, um, I'm one of the few people who actually do that. There's, there's several, Others who work in the capacity of training professionals, but nobody works in the capacity of working with moms one-on-one. Um, and so I'm 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 hoping to change that here very soon. Um, but in terms of, of finding the information, I you know um, I for there are women out there who need counselors and things like that. And if you're going to seek out a professional in postpartum or for postpartum. I highly recommend that you find somebody who is postpartum specific, who has training in postpartum because postpartum depression is radically different than, than regular depression it comes from a completely different place. And to have somebody who's trained in that knowledge and background um, is very important.
1: Is there a a type of, of training that someone should look for?
3: Yeah, there's a there's a website um, P- psi postpartum support international um, .com. So it's I think it's uh, postpartum net I believe is the website that you can go to, um, and they have they are responsible for training so many um, counselors and therapists and professionals in postpartum uh, and and beyond. So lactation consultants, all of those things are. Um, can get certified and, um, work through them. And I highly recommend that if anybody's looking for that kind of support, that they go to that website, uh, and search for their area of a professional who can help them in that capacity. Um, and in term, you know, and that's, that's, if you're already in postpartum and you feel like you need that additional support from a counselor or, um, uh, that kind of professional in terms of, uh, preparing for postpartum, Um, you can go to my website, um, serenitygrows.com. I am, again, one of the only people in the world at this time who helps women prepare for the postpartum period in a very practical way, but also in a very spiritual and mental and emotional capacity as well. Um, And so I have free things on my website. I have a free resource library, Um, And then there's also an opportunity to work with me directly one-on-one.
2: I just have to say, while it is completely amazing, inspiring what you're doing, also staggering in a way that when you think about the population of the world and then the ratio of that population of the world that has babies, that there are so few people put in place to help those people who are having babies cope with that process and experience.
3: You know, it's (laughs) kind of (laughs) mind-blowing. It is mind blowing. And I think the wonderful thing about all of this is that it's becoming known. like There are people out there who are recognizing that this is something that needs to be addressed. Um, And I'm watching that shift and our our mentality uh, begin. And it's really exciting to see um so many women be like oh i i do need to prepare for postpartum or you know what that doesn't sound right and i need to look into that more and i'm seeing that so much more um and that to me is really exciting to be able to sit back and watch that growth take place um because it is happening that that shift is happening here and we're we're starting to recognize the importance of postpartum and how much it's been neglected um for you know ever <laughs> so
2: that's exciting to me. It is exciting. <laughs> yeah, possibility and and what can open up. That is really exciting. And that's a great space to be in. Um, I'm curious, what are some of your top things? Like if you were to bullet point, you know, a list of top potentially five things or less than that a mama could do um, for that preparation of the postpartum experience, um, either things to put in place, um, people to have on standby, resources, books website, you know, and we listed a couple of great websites and we're going to list all these resources and anything else you mentioned, we're going to put links in the show notes um, for you listening. But I was just wondering what your, you know, like top uh, heroes of postpartum um, experience are.
3: Um, I think in in terms of what a a mama can do to prepare herself, um, two of the biggest things that I highly recommend is is learning to rest and to sleep because it's not just sleep when your baby sleeps. Every mom will tell you that is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, It has its place, Um, but there's so much more to the story. Um, And uh, the way we are set up and, and the way we're such a go, go, go kind of society. And we have our cell phones at us all the time and we don't know how to just be in the moment. That's a skill that's learned over time. Um, and to help moms walk themselves through that process and learn how to just be in the moment and learn how to rest their bodies fully without even necessarily being asleep, but in an, in a way that can help them move forward feeling, you know, rested and helping their bodies heal in the same time is huge. Yeah. So rest yeah. is rest is amazing um, and an absolute necessity in healing. I I actually see. Um, postpartum depression and anxiety um, highly linked to uh, lack of sleep. When a mom doesn't sleep, nothing goes well. Um, And then food uh, in terms of what to eat, um, how to eat, how to prepare for that. And I think this is one of the biggest things that I hear moms say, well, I'm preparing for postpartum because I'm making lots of freezer meals um which is fantastic, but you also need to know what it means to eat in postpartum. Um and you can, you know, there's not much out there in terms of um books and things like that. I think there's a a book out there um titled The First 40 Days. Um and that's a cultural perspective book and I I absolutely love it. It's um full of information on what to eat um through one cultural lens. Um, but to look at other cultures and how they do it, there's very set um, um, patterns uh, that you see that are necessary for uh, postpartum healing, um, and just to look into to what that means. Um, again, this is this is information that's not readily available. It's not you know you can type in postpartum sleep, you might find somebody's blog post, but you'll never find a website or a person who's specific to these ideas. Um, so sometimes they take a lot of studying, uh, um, and a lot of research and a lot of questions for other moms who've experienced that kind of thing. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I, um, specialize in that because, uh, it, you get all your information in one spot. <laughs> um, so sleep and nutrition. And I think we have this idea, um, of support, which is really challenging in our society. Um, Way back when, before we became an industrialized country, we had a support group. We had that woman tribe where when a woman gave birth, we were all there. We were giving her meals and giving her massage and helping her breastfeed and taking her baby so she can rest and encouraging that bond um, when mom was awake. And all of those things, right? And in our society, that's just not really possible because we have, we gotta go to work, you know, families are busy, um, other people are busy. As much as we want to be involved, I don't think that we are in a place so much so where we can be that involved. Um, and and maybe there's a that kind of shift happening, but I think that it's going to look different Um, going into the future than it is from what we know it to have been. So support is absolutely important. Um, But I think the idea that we hold of this mama tribe um, kind of holds us at a a standard that feels really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unobtainable. And I hear this all the time. Well, I don't have a support system. I don't have A bunch of friends or my family lives out of state and I don't really know anyone. And so when a woman hears, I need to find that tribe, I need to find that support system, they get really discouraged because they feel like, I don't have that or anything close to that. Nothing resembles that in my life. And so we get really discouraged. So I always recommend that you find one person, one person that can be that support for you and postpartum, somebody that you can share everything with and be very intimate in that process. And it shouldn't be your partner. I, I hear so many things about partners. Um, and maybe Matthew, you can share on this too, but partners are kind of this, I we have such high expectations. Like uh, many years ago, they were never involved, right? They were at the bar and then they heard the news and then they like, yay, and they had the little cigar. And nowadays (laughs) um, it's totally different and that they want to be involved and they're there through that whole process, which is absolutely amazing. But then there's this expectation that he's gonna be our support person when really you both need that support person because you know the partner is going through this transition into becoming a father as well. And he's going through all of this other, you know, he's got to learn how to bond with this baby, too, um, not just the mother. And so he needs support as well. And I think we're finding that, especially with the statistics that, you know, over 10 percent of partners um, have postpartum depression. And I think that speaks volumes to um, men needing the support that women need as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think everything said was um, spot on. I mean. Uh, I, but in my experience, it was also new, and I'm navigating my stuff and trying to be a great support for Sarah um, and, you know, do what I can, you know, looking after Maya. So I think having each, each individual having someone um, so that that support is so key. And I like how you said having one person because okay. I, I do think that, you know, we want a group We have the vision of, like, a group of guys that I can talk to, and it's, you know, three, four, five guys, and they all get me. And Sarah might have in her mind a group of of women who are all connected and everybody can share. Um, But there's so much benefit to simply just having one. And so Mm -hmm. I I like that you said that, and I think that's something that – people listening can, can really kind of put their, their minds around like having one person that you can just have that intimate, deep connected um, relationship with. And yeah, as we, as we wrap things up, I, I wanted to go back to your story um, with your first, with your firstborn, with your son and mm-hmm. that two year period where you talked about your postpartum depression and how you were pulling yourself out of it and working, working through that, um, alone for those, for those two years, I I would love for you to just leave us with some words, a message, um, for you back then, because I know somebody right now listening is experiencing very uh, similar feelings and going through something very similar. So, you know, what would you tell yourself, uh, eight, almost nine years ago, uh while you were in that period?
3: You are not alone. You are not alone in this journey at all. There's so many women before you and so many women with you. And it feels incredibly alone and it feels very intense. But there is a whole world of women who are right there with you experiencing the same thing. Um, You're not a defect you know, we have this societal thing that says that as women who give birth, we're supposed to be happy, right? We, we had the birth and the baby came out just fine. And so you're supposed to be happy. Why aren't you? Um, and I think that puts into our mind that we are, we're not right. We're wrong, um, that something is wrong with us. And that's simply not true at all. It's society that's wrong. And that's really hard sometimes to grasp and understand, but really know that you're not alone. There is support, there is help. And if it comes from a counselor, that's wonderful, but know that there are other options as well.
2: Mm. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that Miranda and for everything that you've shared today. It's just been such an amazing conversation to hear from your own personal experience and then how you translated that into who you are for other women and the work that you're doing and the movements that you are inspiring, you know, to get us closer and closer to that space of just normalizing all this stuff that happens all over Billions of instances and examples. Um, So I just, I think it's so great. And I'm going to include, we are going to include links to Serenity Grows, your website, how people can get in touch with you, learn more about you and follow along. Now in your new journey of, Pregnancy number four and bring in another yeah. baby Earthside It's just so exciting. And yes,
3: thank you. Yeah. So we'll <laughs>
2: be we'll be wanting to talk to you again and and hear some more, get some updates. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would love that. I would
3: absolutely love that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Miranda. Yeah, thank
2: you, Miranda. Thank
3: you, Sarah. Thank you, Matthew. I really enjoyed it and I'm so happy for all that you guys are doing here and and sharing. And I'm really grateful to be a part of that.